kisses and kicks and magical tricks on each other we all depend Ahoy, me hearties, and welcome to the Podcast of Power, a Shira and the Princesses of Power companion podcast. I be one of your captains, Nero. And I am the other one, Jane. And we're going to drop that right now. Um, <laughs> That's right. It's Boys Night Out. This is a very good episode of season four. A very good season of Shira and the Princesses of Power. A very good show. Yes, uh, Boys Night Out is one of our favorite episodes of the whole show. It's definitely one of my favorite episodes of the whole show. Um, thing about it, though, is uh, this episode, we're not having a spoiler zone. This Everything we're doing is in the text of the show here, because uh, all the implications that kind of get, get brought in here, they pay off basically immediately so we want to get to that next time yeah anything we could have done similar to last week will be brought up very shortly in season four uh specifically episode 10 is where a lot of this stuff is going to come to a head and like we didn't want to just artificially insert something for a spoiler zone like one of the one of our, our end of season emails or anything like that it would just be us trying to find something to talk about so instead we just chopped it off. Yes. Uh, that being said, this is still probably going to be at least an hour because, frankly, there's a lot of stuff to get through. This is a th- this is maybe one of the densest episodes in the show as well. Like a lot happens in this like 22 minute time span. And you might think, well, surely they can't be talking about the funny Seahawk episode. Oh yes, we are. This is a very big, like, dense episode that also just happens to. Uh, you know very much feature our good buddy seahawk oh yeah so i mean listen seahawk is if nothing else one of the most critical and vital characters in the show i mean you're you're not you are correct (laughs) which is very strange to say but yes so let's start off with kind of the cold open here of, of the episode that gets everything rolling we see uh, pretty much the immediate aftermath, I would say, probably, of Hordak's attack on Selenius, where he is attacking, like, the outer surrounding villages of the kingdom itself. The sea elves, I guess is what these people are called, are, are under attack by Hordak and a, and a giant army of bots when uh, Seahawk steps in to save the day. Yes, him and his uh, fancy sword. We don't see enough of the fancy sword. Um... He, uh, he hops in and he tries his, his very best to save these two elves and, uh, you know, does a Seahawk-level job about it. But thankfully, uh, Glimmer and, uh, and the gang are here to, to also help out and uh, kind of rescue everybody from Sea Elf Village. So Glimmer teleports everyone uh, back onto the boat. Well, almost everyone. She forgets about Seahawk, who is in the, the path of a tank. And, you know, she's like, all right, I got everyone. Uh, hey, Natasha, where's Seahawk? <laughs> and Natasha, you know, shrugs and Glimmer realizes she left him behind and has to go back to get a, a fairly uh, sizzled looking Seahawk. Yeah, he's he's fine. He's fine. He's only a little bit on fire. Just dust him off. It's it's all good. 
and uh, we see Hordak just sort of surveying his uh, his destruction. Yes, he's very proud of it, frankly. He's like, like even later on, it's really funny. Like he just kind of goes back to the to the Seagate also and just stares at it very proudly. Like he he just he's been running this scenario in his head for like decades, and he's just really luxuriating in the moment. He's finally got his cool Mega Man arm cannon, and it's and it's really good at just blowing everything up. This is this is like he's he's a kid in a candy store at this point, except um, really I guess more like a bowl in a china shop. Sort of sort of combine those metaphors. Oh yeah, and Glimmer, of course, you know she they stare at each other from across a massive gulf, and you know Glimmer Glimmer mutters to herself, "I'll be back for you uh, at Hordak," and of course they can't hear each other. They're like a mile away or something, but you know two two generals uh, sort of sort of making contact there. Uh, then we get the intro, and we're in the war room at Bright Moon, and things just don't seem to be going great. No, this meeting is is not going well. Seahawk does point out it's not the worst meeting they've had, but I wouldn't want to see the worst meeting they've had, because this one goes really, really poorly. Yeah, so Swiftwind gives his re- report on the reconnaissance of the coast. Everything is on fire. Lots of fire. Uh-huh. <laughs> And uh, you know, but Bo is Bo is really trying to be the the beacon of positivity in this in this very dour meeting. He's doing his best out here. And and Bo, you know, he says, well, "Okay, well, Adora, what about uh, what about Plumeria?" And apparently, Plumeria, you know, Perfuma is focusing on bolstering the Whispering Woods, and Frost says her kingdom hasn't been breached. And, uh, and Adora's like, "Well, who, yet who who knows how long it'll take them for that?" Yeah, it's very like. The, the tension in the room is just it's it's crazy like the it this this meeting goes about as bad as it could possibly go but we're we're gonna we're gonna loop back around to this and 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 touch on like some of the specifics of uh, of glimmer's comments because oh boy she's um she's a lot in this one yeah glimmer and adora continuing on from last episode are really at odds very publicly in this meeting they're yelling at each other glimmer snaps at bow which is like a new level of of irritation we haven't really seen from her oh yeah Uh, she's she is taking it out on every like everyone and yeah, no, she's she's getting out of control, frankly. But uh, you know, Bo Bo is they 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 both kind of storm off in opposite directions at the end of the meeting, and uh, Bo is not feeling great. You know, he's 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 a little bit battered. He's doing his best to to uh, to keep his uh, his morale up here. We should say that Natasa and uh, Spinnerella very, very judiciously back out of a meet out of the meeting after Adora and Glimmer's blow up, and you hear a door slam in the background. Oh yeah, they get the hell out of there. They're they're like, oh, all right, time to go. Yeah, they're not here for any of this. This (laughs) is like, all right, we need, uh, we gotta go. Yeah, we gotta go. We listen. I left a stove on. Yeah, they do the and the the vine where the guy like. (laughs) He just uh, vanishes. Holds up the two fingers and vanishes. Yeah, just pieces out. It's the gif of Homer going back into the bush. It's all the classics. They they are they are out of here. They do not want to be involved in this episode. No, and for good reason, frankly. But uh, but Seahawk, Seahawk's got a plan. He does. He 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 shows up. He goes he goes to to Bo and he's like, listen, 
I got an idea. What if we have a boys' night out? You know, just a just a crazy night on the town. Just get wild and loose with it. And Bo isn't really into it, but Swiftwind is super into it. So they both kind of manage to drag him along, and they go to some sort of sea creatures bar. There's like furries and sea creatures here. We've been here before. This is where we first met Seahawk in uh, episode four or five of season one. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is the... Did that bar ever get a name? No, but we know the town. It's called Seaworth. Right. And they're in Seaworth. They're drinking the same bright pink concoction. It's it's apparently sour, uh, so I would guess it's some kind of cherry soda yeah probably like cherry soda or something i was saying before he did the sour comment i was like oh this is probably that like candy reds like cream soda like the really cheap kind you get from like the dollar store that's like it's really bad but it's still really good you know what i mean the big k soda yeah the big k cream soda the classic classic stuff and and Seahawk is kind of doing doing a, a, a an impromptu rhyme sesh here. It's like yeah, things are are looking pretty dour. This drink is kind of sour. Yeah. Uh oh, y'all. It's getting kind of hazy. <laughs> and it's Swiftwind is very excited. Bo less so as, as he just breaks out into song. He has apparently uh, already arranged with this accordion lady to accompany his impromptu. Uh, shanty here where he's just singing about how cool it is to be friends with friends and it's it's so great to be friends with friends he uh he kind of trips up a little bit because of course he's he's kind of making this up on the fly here he uh ends up having to rhyme uh like nautical nautical and like soda bottle yeah it doesn't he he strikes a lot of very funny poses in this whole sequence oh yeah he slides he slides across the floor on his knees like a like a like a rock star finishing a solo he is like squatting on the table like a frog he, he has this like really uh like sultry pose on the bar yeah the the ever uh, the 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 sea thought pose as as one of our friends put it yeah it's like like that scene i was expect like i was half expecting him to pull on the chain and get doused in water a little bit yeah do the maniac thing mm-hmm. for sure like it, it, it has every sign but no he just he instead he just pours a bottle of soda onto bo by accident yeah like the whole thing too and bo is just annoyed He's he is he is a being of supreme patience. No one in the entire known universe has as much patience as this boy. And he he starts to walk off though. He's like, okay, like this is I'm glad you're having fun, but I'm just gonna go over here in the corner and just sulk for a bit. But then, you know, he's like, okay, you know, I'll I'll try to get in the mood. I'll try to get in the spirit. You know, let's let's give this a shot. Let's try and be be upbeat and positive. Because you know he's he's an upbeat and positive guy. He wants to wants to keep that going. And he uh sort of dabs his way uh from from stage right onto the uh onto the bar here and starts participating. He joins them for one last stanza and they they dance over to their to their table or another table uh, and they, they find three swords pointed at them and then three rough looking characters waiting for them. Yes, with like like little like raccoon masks on. Looks great, honestly. So we, yeah, we got this like tanned looking pirate guy, big squid man, cute cat girl. They're all here 
and Seahawk says, ah, excellent. It's my friend Bill. I paid them to kidnap us. And Swiftwind and Bo are just like, excuse me? Pardon? Uh, Sir? And and says, no, 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 don't worry about it. It's all part of the plan. Because we forgot to mention in the the meeting, it's revealed that Mermista is not really doing too hot after Selenius fell. Oh, yeah. She is in full, like, wallowing in misery mode. She's in a bathtub just devouring pint after pint of ice cream yeah she literally eats all of the ice cream in bright moon which i mean hey we've all been there frankly we've all been there (laughs) she she's she's also just like submerging herself and the ice cream into the bubble bath which like seems like that would make the ice cream not taste very good but i mean maybe it's it's bright moon maybe they got some kind of weird bubble flavored bubble bath i don't know who knows who knows but yeah so she's not doing too hot and of course seahawk the uh the loving and caring boyfriend that he is he has decided that the way to cheer up his his darling remista is to get captured because if there's one thing that he knows that she loves it's rescuing people she does it all the time. She must love it. She must love it. Bo and uh, Glimmer and Adore, they love it too. Like, they will, we will get quote-unquote kidnapped by Bill here. And we'll just hang out with him and wait for them to come rescue us. And it'll all be a fun time. And then he takes a closer look at the guy who tied, up, tied him up. And he's like, wait a minute. Yeah, wait. Bill, when did you get taller? When did you get a scar? You didn't have a scar oh wait this isn't bill and Bo just screams what like, <laughs> like the line reads in this episode are outstanding let me let me look up seahawks voice actor real quick because i definitely got to give him a, a proper shout oh yeah, yeah yeah for sure like the 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 the, the deliveries are fantastic jordan fisher shout outs to jordan fisher very very funny in this episode oh yeah major major funny and then like bo bo's voice cracks like five times in this episode like progressively more each time it's great yeah the 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 what is just like pure voice crack like it's so high pitched it's hilarious <laughs> it's so good uh it's great this this episode this episode is great so yeah, turns out uh, Seahawk fucks up really bad, surprising no one. Really badly. They get taken to this guy's boat, and he takes off his stupid little mask. Turns out an old nemesis of Seahawks, Admiral Scurvy. Admiral Scurvy, which, um, so here's the thing about uh, Mr. Scurvy. He... <laughs> He apparently used to be friends with Seahawk until Seahawk burned down his boat three times. You know, it's one of those things where Seahawk is such a cool and fun guy. The first time, maybe it's a fluke. Second time, well, I'm sure he won't do it again. You know, it's fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Burn down my boat three times. Well, I, I don't think this I is... I ransom you to the horde. Yeah, I don't think this is going to work out, buddy. Um, and uh... Admiral Scurvy is just very mad. Uh, and see, he's, he's, he's like backing Seahawk off the plank. And Seahawk is like, surely our friendship must have meant something to you, right? And Scurvy's just like, no. It's like, no, what are you talking about? You know what I like more than friendship, though? That's money. money. So I'm not actually going to kill you. 
but I am going to ransom you to the highest bidder. And, um, of course, this is this is the point where, um, actually, just, just before this, right, so they, they realize how much of a predicament they're in, and Swift One is like, ah, yes, I can contact uh, Adora, and we'll... And, and we'll be able to to get them to come and rescue us. And uh, turns out Adora is very busy having a very bad fight that we will get to shortly. So she hangs up on him. Um, but Seahawk, ever ever the, the clever one here, he remembered, ah, Mermista, she taught me how to speak seagull. <laughs> so he makes bird noises? Yeah, he just makes horrible bird noises, um, and a seahawk, co- a seagull comes to land on us, and he's like, "Okay, well, maybe I'm a bit rusty." Yeah, <laughs> and that's when he gets almost walked off the plank before Scorpio decides, "Well, I'll ransom you out to the highest bidder, so you, I'll just, I'll just tie you back up after untying you." Yes, uh, listen, you just gotta, you gotta put the fear of God in his heart, right? It's, 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 it's a critical portion of it. There's another very good exchange here where Bo is now the one trying to rally Swiftwind and Seahawk spirits and he's like oh it's fun to be friends with friends right and Seahawk this is no time for songs yeah so it's like read the room dude it's like okay uh god and um then then later of course uh Mr. Scurvy shows up and he's like hey good news I found some I found some people willing to uh to take up your your ransom and they were like ah yes it must be the princesses I'm so glad that they finally showed up and Scurvy's like what are you talking about you you walk into a town full of pirates a town full of pirates um in a world in which all of the ocean is now controlled by the horde and you sung a song about how the rebellion's really cool and how you're in it. Why would you think that the rebellion is paying this ransom? Well, consider this. Seahawk is very stupid. He's not smart. He, The boy has... Listen, we did the brain cell chart before. He was I, at the I'm bottom. I'm not sure he even has two. He was at the bottom tier. I remember that. I don't know if he was literally the last one, but I think he might have been. Oh, he was. He was the very last one, for he sure. Is 100%. ultimate himbo, nothing going on up there. Um, of course, yes, it is the Horde. Octavia is here to pick them up. Octavia is interesting. She is the Force Captain, other than, like, Scorpion Catcher we see the most of, which is not saying a whole lot, because she only appears twice. Um, once in Promise, and then once in this episode. Where In Promise, we get to see the, the incident she mentions where Catra scratched her eye out. Yes, and in that, in, in Promise, you see the bandage around her eye, and you're like, oh, well, she, you know, got her eye, like, you know, messed up or something. No, no, that eye is gone. Catra took that, that nonsense out. Yeah, when she says scratched it out, she means it. Yeah, like, she's got an eye patch and everything. She's got a really good, I like Octavia's design a lot. I kind of wish she showed up a little bit more. I like her design way more than, uh, the other guy that we saw back in episode three, the, like, dwarf-looking dude. Yeah, no, that guy kind of sucks, but, like, Octavia's cool. Yeah, and so this, she's like, uh... Oh, Scurvy does say, like, oh, the princesses didn't pay for your ransom. They probably don't even know you're gone. Like, what are you talking about? No one's coming for you. Friendship is cheap. All that matters is is money. Yeah, and this really gets Bo, right? Like, Bo Bo is really sad about this whole thing, and, like... Then they they get on the they get on the horde boat and and Octavia's like she's trying to trying to get their go trying to scare them and everything and 
Boba's just not here for it. He's like, I don't care. Like, he literally is just like, I don't care. Do whatever. Like, you know, it's it's not easy being the upbeat, positive guy all the time, you know? It's 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 not easy. Yeah, he's like, friendship is hard. Like, it's, it's, it's work, you know, maintaining a relationship. And yet I'm the only one who seems to be willing to put in any of that work. Like do whatever lady i don't care and octavia's like sheesh yeah she's like she calls up uh she calls up scorpio on the uh on the horde telephone is like hey where are you at i need to deliver these these guys like uh they're really bumming me out (laughs) they're real downers get this kid off my boat he's really he's really bringing me down um but that leads us kind of into the the c plot of this episode pretty neatly yeah before we get to the end of the boys night which because that's this is where it all kinds of converges mm-hmm. um so katra has been around uh for a bit and and where her she first appears talking to hordak after uh he, he is looking over at all of all of the big laser holes he made at selenius and, and grinning like an idiot and she's like all right we're doing we're doing great we're like conquering the coast so like i i will uh take our troops and we we will clean up uh the rest of them and hordak's like huh uh, uh no 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 you misunderstand I'm gonna be at the front of the line now. I'm staying in the field to with my cool arm cannon, and we're gonna blow everything up. You just go back to the fright zone. Yeah, he's just like go go home, await further orders. Uh, see you later. And she is not happy about that because, like, you have to bear in mind she has spent. So much time and energy and effort getting the horde to where it is right now at the expense of literally everything and everyone in her whole life. And then this is going to turn around and be like, go home, wait for their orders. Like she's not happy about that one bit. Yeah, clearly she was banking on a Hordak's shut in instincts kicking back in and he would be like, all right, well, I got to test out my cool new weapon. We did our like decisive strike and really hit a huge, took a huge blow. So I will, I will go and command from my throne while you, of course, glorious Force Captain Catra, command from the field. Not how it turned out at all, because um, it wouldn't. Yeah. And she's really kind of deeply irritated by it and very conflicted about it. Yes, but you know what? What is she gonna do? She's gonna, she's gonna slick back her hair. She's going to compose herself. She's going to give some orders. But then, then she's going to call her, her good friend Scorpia. She's going to call her up on the on the telephone here. And she's going to just start venting about uh, about her workday. Just like, oh, it's stupid Hordak. It's so annoying. And she's... Um... Catcher's a bit clueless, isn't she? So... Their their last interaction two episodes ago seemed like a pretty final nail in the coffin for anyone who wasn't living in a like kind of bathosphere made out of delusion and and self lying. Yeah, unfortunately, that's Catra's living situation. Unfortunately, Catra is in that bathosphere. She has locked herself in, and so when when Scorpio said, "Oh, you're a bad friend," Catra is obviously saying, "Okay, well, she's gonna go like." out for a bit uh and then she'll be back right so i'll just call her up and and tell her about my day um meet me by the seagate 
and all like all this kind of stuff. But like no one's answering. It's just static. And like Catra opens up a little bit about like what she's feeling. Well, winning was supposed to feel good, right? Like winning is supposed to be the the thing that makes all this worth it. Uh, so why don't I feel uh, uh, good? Why is it all hollow? Yeah, and then when she's not getting an answer, she's like, uh, "Stop pouting and just just come over here already." Stop being so sensitive Talk. about it. Come yes. on. Yeah, don't be so sensitive. I just said you were a failure and worthless to me, and that I hate you. Yeah, I just, just get screamed over at it. you for thirty seconds straight. Stop. Just get over it. Come on. Yeah. No, girl's a bit clueless. So she she starts to get worried. And she goes to try and find Scorpia in the fright zone when she, you know, goes back there. And she's nowhere to be found. She goes into her room. Um, she she hears, like, she's trying to talk to Scorpia and she hears her own voice coming from Scorpia's bed uh, in an echo. So she goes over there. She finds Scorpia's badge, the vest that she gave her in the Crimson Waste, and a note and she just like picks that all up opens the note uh and just reads it and just drops all of it onto the floor and just looks completely blank yeah she is utterly crushed just devastated because again this this is like this is it like this is the this right here this is her getting the clearest possible signal that she has irreparably you you have you have ruined this relationship and you're not getting it back scorpia who was defined by herself as being undyingly loyal who never had a bad thing to say about katra who was always there when katra like snapped her fingers or needed some menial task done uh she has left you have pushed her past her breaking point and she has abandoned you, Katra. And this is the part where Katra realizes, well, well, not realizes, she doesn't realize anything at this point. But this is the part where it becomes harder and harder for Katra to deflect guilt, right? Because this one, this one's on her. Yeah, this one is entirely on her. She cannot, there, she can't just pretend like she was betrayed she can't pretend that she is getting hurt by somebody no this is this is undeniable the the friendliest nicest person in the whole world that did absolutely nothing but support you even to the very end has reached the point where they just can't anymore and you just she can't there's no way that she can even like make up a scenario in her head where this is Scorpius' fault. Uh, luckily, I'm sure from here on out it'll be an upswing for our friend Catra. She'll she'll be getting uh, much better from here on out. Yeah, she's gonna go see see uh, a therapist now. She's gonna she's gonna work on work on herself. She's gonna really improve. Uh, it's it's all gonna go great for her. This is a, this it's all on the upswing. Uh huh. So we should talk, what do we hit first? We hit the final fight first, right? Yeah, we're going to hit the final fight first because it kind of leads into everything else. So here's the thing. Once um, the uh, the boys get, get taken by Octavia and everything, we get sort of a slam cut back to, uh, to Bright Moon here. And so Adora and, and Glimmer. All right, we can't put a pin in this. All you need to know right now. They're having a very loud argument outside of Remista's door, and Remista's trying to ignore it. 
um, keyword is trying, and a seagull flies into the the window. Yes, and then Mermista bashes the door open, and it's like the boys are in trouble. A seagull told me, <laughs> and just grabs Glimmerdor and just yanks them both away to go and rescue the boys, and they teleport onto Octavia's ship. Yeah, the horde, the horde guy, like the the sub commander or whatever, is like. <laughs> force captain sir magic incoming yep and uh they wipe the floor with these these guys they wipe the poop deck oh yes they that listen that's the the tf2 sound achievement sound plays and uh, mermista goes into like a like a rock rendition like a remix of it's yeah, fun to be friends says, with she, friends she even says it's not a shanty uh it's a it's a rock remix so it's actually cool and she's right it is way cooler and, uh, it's it's much cooler and she and seahawk have a have a cool power duet and and just destroy everyone yeah uh and so does everyone else and, and you know they 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 take the ship they they toss everyone out into the drink. Yeah, two of them, two two horde soldiers get team rocketed into the sky. They're dead for sure. Dora, you gotta stop launching people into low orbit. <laughs> oh God. Um. Yeah, and and Adora and Glimmer do like they actually fight together in this, and they 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 have like. They have a couple of moments where they work together and like you you get like the the feeling like, oh, you know, maybe they're making up a little bit, but no. No. No, as it turns out, you uh you can't just fix everything with a fun song. You can't just sing a sweet power ballad shanty, and that means all of your uh relationship problems are fixed, because yeah. Um, while Mermista is is back on uh, on top of things, and then Seahawk and her are having like a, a fun chat over there, Bo goes over to where Glimmer and Adora are sitting, and they are not on speaking terms still. No, you know you can fight along. Chemistry on the battlefield is very different from you know how strong your actual friendship is. This is this is true. So yeah, they they work together flawlessly, but when it comes time to talk about the things that were said earlier which we will get to momentarily um that is not happening both of them are still completely at odds and adora is like well i'm going to have to fix this because glimmer isn't listening to me and like we i just i have to figure out how to stop this from happening then then maybe glimmer and i can talk and bo's like that seems backwards i don't know but uh, Dora's not listening. No. So let's let's talk about the situation. So Glimmer is she spends basically this entire episode pushing away everyone as hard as possible. She is basically blaming everything on everyone else. She has zero blame in why anything isn't working this this is entirely on them and she's tired of it she is sick of it she wants she's the only one who can get anything done around here she's the only one 
who has any ability to do anything, if if people just didn't always try and meddle with her and stop her from doing what needs to be done, then everything would be okay. If, if Adora just didn't stop her when she wanted to go and personally by herself destroy the whole Fright Zone, maybe Selenius never would have fallen. You ever think about that one, Adora? Yeah, she points specifically to uh, getting fooled by Double Trouble as like a reason for them to like, no, you, I need to be out there. Because this is what, because we start off with them in the war room, right? And of course, it's the classic, like, well, yeah, Glimmer showed up uh, without telling anybody and, and just kind of took control of the whole situation. Adora's like, you can't keep doing this. Like, it is it is extremely dangerous for you to be out there on the field. And, and you know, of course, Glimmer, her old refrainable, I'm the queen. You get, You don't get to tell me what to do. The situation is getting worse and worse. I need to fix it because no one else is going to fix it. Yeah, so she's... The, the thing with her at this point is she has basically constructed a view of things in which everyone else is a failure and they fail her all the time and that they've actively made everything worse and the only way that anything's going to get better is if she personally does literally all of their jobs for them and they just need to get the hell out of the way and let her do what needs to be done. No matter what the cost of that is, no matter what that means, no matter how many people she has to hurt to do it, she's the one who has to do it and she's gonna do it. And if you get in her way, you are an obstacle now. That is where she's at. And Adora and Bo are trying very hard to pull her back from that, but every single time they try and do it, it's only reinforcing in her head why she feels the way she does. You know, she's even taking it out on Bo at this point, who Bo is having a really rough one here. He's he's the only person with like the emotional intelligence required to like actually try and solve this issue. He's the only one like emotionally articulate enough to try and talk them through the situation that they're both in. But just because you have a reasonable amount of experience and knowledge and understanding of how to do this kind of stuff doesn't mean that it works. Because, like he says later, you have people have to be willing to participate. People have to be willing to put in the effort to be friends. People have to be willing to put in the effort to reconcile. People have to be willing to put in the effort to actually reach any kind of a compromise if they don't do that there's nothing you can do as a mediator you you can try as hard as you can to bridge a gap but you know if the if the gap just keeps getting bigger you're gonna run out of wood you know all the stuff about uh glimmer being so single-minded and pushing everyone away and kind of uh feeling like she's the only she's the only competent one in a sea of like fools yeah i wonder who else is like that huh sounds sounds kind of familiar i don't i I can't put my finger on it though might start with a c might start with a cat yeah with a raw i don't know i don't know uh but you know it's uh she is she's a she is a real piece of work in this episode let's let's be let's not mince words she is a real oh for sure she's she's miserable in this she like this episode and then and, and the next few too honestly she's she's a miserable person to be around and like there's a key reason for that too because not, not only is she not listening to any of her friends and pushing them away who's the only person she's actually listening to oh shadow weaver of course which i'm sure she has 
nothing to do with this. I'm positive that her influence definitely hasn't made Glimmer basically write off all of her friends and only trust her mysterious shadowy advisor. Hmm. Where have I heard where have I heard yeah, this song and dance before? Seems like a bit of a cliche. It's like Shadow Weaver is what Glimmer is in danger of becoming. Just a miserable, self-absorbed, like nightmare of a person who only cares about like the 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 next big win. What what can she get out of this? Glimmer is still trying to win the war and prevent, like, more mass destruction from happening. But, like, you can clearly see the path one could take to to becoming just a full-on tyrant. No, yeah, exactly. Again, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Winning the war for the rebellion is good. This is the positive outcome. But just because you're the good guys doesn't mean that you can't become the bad guys in the process. And... Glimmer is well on the way to getting there if she doesn't take a step back. And it doesn't look like she's gonna because she... Adora is still trying for most of this episode. She's trying her best. Like, you know, Adora's telling her to her face, listen, I'm doing my absolute best here. Why can't you see that? You know, like, I'm trying to fix things. We need to work together to fix things. And Glimmer's just like, why is that your solution to everything? Why do you want to fix things? Clearly, you trying to fix things doesn't work. You showed up, and you ruined everything. The rebellion was fine before you got here. Like, in in all but literal terms, she literally is just like, I wish you were never born. And then. And then. Yeah, so this is getting into the argument in the hallway outside of Remista's room, where, like... The the start of this conversation is already bad Because Glimmer's coming to check on Mermista He's like, hey, are you alone? And he's like, I am Um, But she walks in and Adora is mopping the floor And Mermista's like, oh, well, I meant, like, spiritually alone Yeah, it's it's really funny She's, I'm so alone on the inside And then just this incredibly tense awkward hanging moment in the air while like where adora and glimmer are just staring at each other and then mrs like oh are you two gonna fight again i'm going back underwater and she dips under the water and then glimmer's just like another like really like belabored pause before glimmer is like oh well i was just coming to check up on mista but clearly you have it covered and she like walks off in a huff and adora's like come on and she like puts the mop away and tries to like catch up to her and just she's she is trying as hard as she can to talk to glimmer in any in any capacity not even just as a friend just at all and she is unwilling to do it because here's the thing glimmer has reached a point where she blames adora for everything she has picked a target to unload all of her emotions on that she is not able or willing to deal with, and that target is Adora. Adora is the reason the rebellion's going poorly. Adora is the reason why Selenius fell. And Adora's the reason her mom died. And she says that to her face. Hey, hey, is this sounding familiar, anyone? Yeah, is this ringing any bells? Is this sounding familiar? Hey, hey. Yeah, this is the 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 parallels between Glimmer and Catcher are, are beginning are, are really getting drawn tight here. And the thing about this that really all right, so we already know that Adora struggles 
a lot with an Atlas complex, right? Yes. She struggles really hard with feeling not only like she has to be the one to fix everything, the one to solve everything, the one who has to like bridge the gap, defeat the darkness. She has to be the one, you know, she is the Shira. She is the one who has to fix everything. And she also has all of this this guilt this burden that she hasn't yet done it that that you know she's failing and when her best friend says all of that just just lays it out on the table that she believes yeah actually you were supposed to save all of us and you didn't you failed you were worthless to me and that's pretty rough you know that's gonna that that reinforces a lot of really bad stuff that's going on in her head and you see the end result of that at the end of this episode where that puts her because when Bo at the very end is like listen Adora I think what Glimmer really needs right now is just friends you know what is Adora's answer she's like no I don't think she does I don't think she needs a friend I think what she needs and what she wants is a weapon and regardless of what she thinks of me it's my responsibility to become that weapon. And she she has completely gone into the frame of mind that she's a tool. And that's the only way that she can be useful to the people around her that she owes everything to. She is a tool for them. And she's going to be the best tool she can be. And, you know, yeah, it's... it's, it's Adora ends this in a very bad place. Uh, once again, I'm sure it'll be all on the upswing. Next episode is called Hero, right? Um, God. Yeah, the one called Hero. Oh my god. I'm like, I'm gonna like cry. That episode is so rough to get but through. I do want to mention one thing in that argument scene, right? Because there, there is the moment where she like where, where Glimmer does like drop the like, well, you know, you clearly aren't doing your best. If you were, my mom would still be alive. And this one, this is the one that, like, she's just a shot through the heart. Adora starts crying, and Glimmer realizes, oh, God, I fucked up really bad. Oh, I didn't, I shouldn't have said that. Like, her eyes go wide, and she, she immediately realizes, whoa, oops. Yeah, no, she gets that she fucked up big time, but this isn't, you don't come back from a statement like that. You don't just get to be like, oh, I didn't mean it. Like, yeah. no, no, not only did you mean it, but, like, that's really bad and after the and after the actual like fight at the end of the episode like the friend fight you know glimmer tries to you know to to touch adora's shoulder and just kind of be friendly with her adora's not having it she's she's done she's like no i'm not doing this like you can't you you don't get to come back from pulling something like that and hey you know what you want to talk about parallels well (laughs) well yeah it's it's something that is like you, you you can't take the you can't put those words back. They are still floating around in the air, no matter how yeah, many. Yeah, no, it's, you goofy, can't put that genie back in the bottle. You can't. There, no matter how many goofy interruptions about a seagull, uh, kind of come between that. There, there's nothing. You know, no matter how many friendship-driven uh, musical numbers you 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 kick, there's no. That's still there. That's just hanging. That's just buzzing around in your head forever. Yeah that's that's gonna be there for a long long time and it's it's gonna it's gonna really that's the kind of thing you think about like that's the kind of thing you would lay in bed thinking about someone saying that to you and 
And Glimmer, her response to this is, again, a decidedly catcher one. She gets angry. She's like, oh, I, 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 hey, throw my hands up in the air. I tried, but she's just being a bitch to me, so I'm she's the one who's in the wrong and it's just like this this deflection of like like oh i'm gonna get mad at you because you're mad at me that will continue to sort of crystallize as we as we move into the finale of this season but uh that'll i think that'll do it for boys night out a fun seahawk related romp that's all it is yeah just a fun a fun romp nothing no extremely heavy scenes in it don't worry oh god hero like uh hero is so much hero is so much like hero and fractures are just like it's it's rough the the final episodes of season four are just the the all of the dramatic loose ends all tying together and just knifing you directly in the heart over and over again yeah like you want to talk about tragedy like the 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 greek tragedy that this entire season is really just just gets you in these in these last couple like uh we'll we will we will get there in in the next couple of weeks here and uh and you'll understand and we'll we'll really really dig uh to the to the core of all of this stuff with with adora and glimmer because uh because it's this is where it, it really it really happens it's happening well hey you know what we got questions just some nice we do have questions, questions. i want to start off with a curious cat that has literally been sitting here for like it'll say yeah 15 days someone sent it in a few episodes ago and it was it was about something that happens in this episode. It's like, well, I'm just gonna hold on to it. Anonymous curious cat user said, "What did the note say?" What did the note say? I I think they said one of someone on the crew said it just says like goodbye, right? Yeah, I think I think someone even sent us an email or like a like a curious cat or, or something where they said like what exactly it was. It's been a, it's been a second, but um but yeah like the 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 canonical answer i think is that it just said goodbye and like nothing else and i think i think that that makes a lot of sense to me because scorpia is not the kind of person who's gonna leave a long and drawn out note about this sort of stuff scorpia not only is she not the kind of person who is going to have a lot to say about this. I mean, her entire response to everything that Katra did to her for months and months and months was just, you're a bad friend. And that's, you know, part of that is because she's just not the kind of person who's gonna go through like a long explanation. But she's also like not... I don't think she's emotionally articulate enough, like, for her own feelings. Like, she she bottles things up and packs it away. I mean, you know, she says as much. And, you know, because of that, when you, when you compartmentalize everything like that, when you're the kind of person who does that, and that's, like, your response to issues, you, you have a really difficult time being able to unpack your own emotional state. It takes a really long time 
and it's also like really like trying to explain how you're feeling to another person especially is almost impossible like trying to lay out on the table how you're feeling and why you're feeling that way can be really rough so I don't think Scorpio would have written anything longer than just goodbye because I feel like the singular word of that is enough to sort of get across the emotion that as she understood it and also it's very hard to write with claws it is very hard to write with claws like have you tried holding a pencil like a crab it's hard it's not easy i imagine a lot of broken pencils so we got another one here another anonymous curious cat user who says so apparently Mermista can understand seagull how does this work thoughts on what other animals she can communicate with it would make sense if it was underwater animals only but a seagull seems a little weird to me listen it's aquaman logic you can't you can't question it could he talk to seagulls i don't think aquaman could t- oh yeah, actually okay i this is pulling up this is dredging up some like ancient ancient memories for me but i remember when i was a little 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 kid like like 10 or something like on boomerang Y'all remember Boomerang? Uh, Boomerang. Uh, <sighs> Classic. It's all coming back to you. Um, they had the, the Super Friends on, and it's on the Super Friends. You know, Aquaman was one of the Super Friends. I am, like, dead certain there is an episode of the Super Friends where he communicates with seagulls. So I am pretty sure this is some Aquaman book. Yeah, I would, I would guess that Mermista can talk to all of the creatures of the sea, and I guess seagulls are listen they got sea in the yeah. name sea's right in they, the name. they make their home by the sea they are part of the the ecosystem of the sea therefore she can talk to them i don't think she could talk to like an eagle or something or she couldn't talk to like i don't know a, uh, she probably could talk to a crab honestly she could probably talk to a crab i mean crabs have their own have their own special language going on probably it's like some sort of some sort of sign language but like crab claws a lot of clicking involved probably yep and uh uh, here we got an email from jennifer um three questions here just some some quick fun ones number one what are the favorite ice cream flavors of all all of our crew mermista adora glimmer frosta perfuma entrapta catra scorpia double trouble bow and seahawk so uh, basically everyone yeah let's let's see favorite ice cream okay, i'm glad i'm first of all i'm glad you left hordak off that man does not eat that man cream. doesn't eat no don't ask me what he does i don't know <laughs> he just exists don't worry about it um okay we, the one we have the most textual evidence for is mermista so let's it looks it's hard we don't actually see it i'm pretty sure it's like vanilla like it looks like vanilla because there's there's one of the ice cream tubs that's on the floor like next to the um next to the bathtub is like a vanilla color so probably vanilla but then again she also says that she ate literally all of the ice cream and bright moon so it might just be like she was eating every flavor they had in stock yeah so. i think Mermista was just in vacuum mode we're just like yeah just give me anything so if i were to guess her like what, what would she eat normally i think she likes she likes pistachio ice cream yeah i was gonna say something like with nuts or like crunchies in it yeah pistachio sounds right pistachio for remista 
Adora? Okay, so Adora didn't know what ice cream was until very recently. So I think she is still in the in the stage of she just likes ice cream. She's just she's figuring herself out right now, okay? I we think maybe her, she we likes give her some space. I think maybe she likes vanilla, but only because everything else is too much for her. <laughs> everything else is like so overwhelming. She just needs to she needs to like go back to a nice comfortable, easy flavor like vanilla. Yeah, that makes sense. Glimmer, Glimmer, Rainbow, Sherbert. Rainbow, Sherbert for sure, 100%. That's what I was going to say. Frosta. Frost. She's 11. She's like, she's like... She is 11, so something really sugary. Like, like next level. Rocky Road? That has a lot of crunchies, and that I think was very appealing to Frosta. Rocky Road seems correct to me yeah rocky red or you know what no the 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 hot fudge swirl you know what i'm talking about Ooh, yes yeah yep, yep, for sure yeah that's that's the that's the stuff right there perfuma perfume okay so perfuma eats that like low carb uh rebel ice cream yeah well that but also i was gonna say she's the kind of person who's gonna eat like the really weird flavors of ice cream like the floral flavors like um like yes. cardamom ice cream or like lavender ice cream or like uh green tea ice yeah cream. green tea you know what yeah probably for her i'm gonna go for green tea ice cream i feel like that's probably her favorite that's like a, that's like the perfuma flavor right there so first of all entrapta only eats uh very like the, those like single serve uh bluebell cups no no no, 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 no. Like... i see i see i got what you're going for she only eats mochi and dots oh mochi yeah it's mochi and dippin but dippin dots is even smaller that's true dippin dots is even smaller and dippin dots it's the you ice got, cream of the it's future the ice cream of the future and you gotta have like the 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 engineering stuff to make dippin dots right like you gotta like flash freeze it with like liquid nitrogen yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, dippin dots for sure she's definitely into those dippin dots it's it's so small it's so advanced she loves them dippin dots she can't get enough of those dippin dots uh catra <laughs> catra if you asked her she would say ice cream is kid stuff and she hates it. But secretly, I think she probably really likes... What would she like? I feel like... Something very creamy because she's a cat. Yeah. Yeah, something creamy. Like like uh, about like a... Van- like a vanilla bean? Like a very vanilla-y flavor? Yeah, like the, like the really fancy vanilla bean. Like the stuff where you can see like the little flecks of vanilla in there. Yeah, you know? she yeah she likes that stuff, or she maybe likes the um the really really sugary cake based flavors. Oh yeah, like the birthday cake. Yeah, I could see yeah. her liking birthday cake flavor, right? Which was anyone who learns that instantly dies. Yeah, anyone anyone who knows about that that's that puts you on the on the kill list. Scorpia, I th- to me Scorpia is a strawberry uh, kind of lady. Oh yeah, strawberry, but specifically she her her thing she likes strawberry, but like the strawberry ice cream that has like the real chunks of strawberry in it because that's the good stuff. Yes, that is the good stuff. So yeah, that, that definitely seems like her to me. Bow. 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 I feel like like a butterscotch maybe yeah something that is a bit more advanced something that has a lot it has a few flavors in it yeah like maybe like not. caramel maybe like butterscotch yes. or caramel something something that's like not a hundred percent sweet something that kind of toes the line between like sweet and like 
has more like complexity to it oh no no i have a better answer for catra now it's coffee ice cream oh yeah coffee ice cream for catra for sure um double trouble like chocolate really really rich chocolate yeah like like they they get like that like the triple fudge flavor with like the brownie chunks they are all about the chocolate for sure no question Oh yeah, like they get the chocolate mousse ice cream. They get the like triple German chocolate cake ice cream. Oh yeah, big time, big time. Seahawk. Uh, Seahawk just eats whatever Marissa's having. Let's be real here. <sighs> Listen, Seahawk is, if nothing else, a wife guy. He truly is. I, I definitely think he has a similar taste to Remista. I, I can't see him liking chocolate or anything like that. Yeah, you know what, though, actually, I bet, you know what, I bet Seahawk would like sea salt ice cream, though. Ooh, yes. Yeah, I bet. I, I, I have never tried sea salt ice cream. I should definitely. I keep wanting it to. It sounds like it's really good. And I'm like, I, I'm a hater. I, I'm a registered hater. I hate, like, salty sweet stuff. Can't stand it. Uh, sea salt ice cream looks really good though it's so blue that's why seahawk likes it. it's very blue like the ocean it's very blue Remi- reminds him of the sea and of course of mermista second question uh we see mermista eats ice cream and she's sad uh but what does catra do right after she finds out scorpia has left for real well we'll uh get to that we'll, we'll... or maybe maybe it means like right after uh blasting some mcr while she's in bed sobbing or is it just extreme compartmentalization it's time to bottle everything up super tight i mean like like both i think both right yeah like this is the kind of situation where she spends like 45 minutes to like an hour and a half just just completely immersed in her own sadness and then after that she just she she wipes she wipes the mascara off and she she slicks her hair back and she compartmentalizes all of it up and she's like okay that never happened because i'll tell you this we see how she reacts to scorpia's uh leaving it's not it's not pretty not it's very not pretty but we'll get to that in a couple of episodes. Oh, yes. And this third one here. Octavia is in this episode. Do you think Octavia has opinions on Katrin and Tora both separately and as a pair? That is interesting. I think we, we see that she does have an opinion about Katra. Oh, yes. And it's that she's uh, horrible. And it's like, well, I can't wait to see you all get your eyes scratched out, too. Yeah, no, she's, she's not a fan. So she probably... All right, so, like, we see them in promise both of them like razzing her and making fun of her and like man octavia seems like she's um what probably in her in her like 40s or maybe 50s judging by her voice and the fact that she was already established when both uh catra and adora were coming up in the horde like she's older don't you think yeah like she's she's definitely older so if you're like a force captain and you just get completely dunked on by a pair of snot-nosed six-year-olds that's gonna stick with you oh yeah big time so she's she's probably got a very low opinion of the both of them i feel like she probably dislikes katra a lot more due to the whole like lost her an eye thing but she's probably not very fond of adora either because adora's like always like used to always stick up for her and like help her like make everyone's lives miserable and she's like ooh those kids yeah for sure um then we got we got a couple other little things uh that uh that we got sent 
the other two actually from from Jennifer as well. So uh, just a little tidbit here: Seahawk and the uh, and the like um, Forest Timbo, same voice actor, both Jordan Fisher. So that's fun. And uh, and the other thing was uh, they just wanted to say that they thought it was uh, it was uh, it was really funny how um, the uh, the the horde soldiers uh, sh- should have just quit. And it's basically like the uh, the when when the Adora and Catra fights were going on, they probably should have quit then too. Yeah, the 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 comment about how like oh yeah, if I was one of these horde soldiers, I'd quit because we we just got these. These guys like having a, a, a like a like a talking through their their friendship, having like a group therapy session in the middle of this fight, and just casually wiping the floor with us. That's the difference, though. Yeah, that's they, the difference. They've kind of been dealing because yeah, they've 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 been dealing with this stuff for a while. But there's, here's the difference: that was a group therapy session. I don't know what was going on between Adora and Gadra. Yeah, it was like. It wasn't therapy, whatever it no, was. No, it wasn't. It was like the reverse, whatever the opposite of therapy is. <laughs> Dark therapy. <laughs> Anti-therapy. If I was one of those horde soldiers, I would just be like, I am staying out of this. Yeah. I am... I'm going to go fight over here, boss. This and I'm just going to go... I saw a princess run up uh, run up over here like 37 feet that way. I'm, I'm going to go check it out. Is that this cool? This whole yeah. situation just seems... None. It's, this is none of my business. I'm going to go over here. Uh, please don't yell at me. But yeah, they're like it's just it's just a long line of humiliation for these horde troopers. Um, but uh, I think that'll do us right for questions. Yeah, that is that is all the stuff we got for for this week. Uh, before we head out, we're just gonna do a real real quick just uh, the usual stuff we do before the the spoilers. A reminder that. We have a Patreon, that's uh, patreon.com slash pot of power, uh, where for just $3 a month, you can become one of our illustrious horse captains. And uh, in addition to all of the fun bonus content, like the uh, sidecast, keep on owl cast, the watchtower, the fan content aggregation, and the uh, she riffs episodes, you also get fun shout outs in every episode that's right uh so th- we we actually have two new patrons that joined this week so they get a special shout out so uh thank you to uh yusuf gurch and Haley moreland yeah thank you very much and of course the rest of our force captain level patrons Ashley, Kyra Williams, Mabel Mabel, Ryan Kuhn, Jennifer Jones, Jess Pumphrey, Leon Lay, Sean Montgomery, Jack O'Neuro, Olivia, Andres Lozano, Brittany Ray, Michael Steinert, Tara Stark, TCO, Brennan Fitzgerald, Tobu, Emma Grossman, and Robert Harris. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for your continued support. It means the world to us. It helps us, uh, you know, helps us pay the bills and whatnot. And uh, pretty shortly here, uh, we should, uh, only a few patrons away really, from getting to the the stretch goal where we do a one-shot actual play podcast of the uh, For the Honor, which is a hack of the Firebrand system. So uh, we're both looking forward to getting you know sinking our teeth into that one yes um and of course if you want more of me uh you can find me talking about movies on the disney plus platform over at disney minus the latest episode should be on treasure planet a strange little movie that ultimately has a lot of heart to it 
and also looks really cool yes that that movie that movie is pretty cool i'm actually i'm, I'm excited to listen to that one because it's uh it's it's weirdly one of my one of my favorite disney movies even though it's like just a kind of a weird one it's we we go into a lot about the 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 origins of it even are just very strange and it, it occupies such an odd time um but yeah if you if you're craving more pirate content i'm over on that podcast talking about treasure planet um and you can hear all about what i picked for my first movie on that if you listen to the episode i'm not telling you here that's not how it works. that's not how this works you got to listen to it first yeah it's the that's the hook that's what that's uh-huh. how you that's how you get hooked in uh but with that, I think that's going to do it for this week. That's right. And of course, no spoiler zone. So, you you know, there, we, uh, well, join us next week. We'll be talking about the very normal episode, Hero. Uh, nothing, like, emotionally uh, devastating happens in that. No, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It'll be just fine. But uh, But until then, I've been one of your hosts, Jane. And I've been the other host, Nero. And we'll see you on the other side of Podcast Spondos.